Thanks for listening to the Granary Church Podcast. For more information, head to granary.org.au or follow us on social media at The Granary Church. So this afternoon, this evening, actually, we've got a special guest. And when we were thinking about who would we get to speak on Mother's Day, and we want to speak about power of women in uh, to be warriors, to be prayer warriors, to see things happen and make a difference. And I thought, well, I would head to the Salvation Army because the Sallies have been have known women in leadership from the time it started with William and Catherine Booth back in the 19th century. And um, Pam O'Day is my good friend from the Salvation Army. She's the uh, pastor of North Lake Salvation Army Church and she's the principal of St. Philip's Christian College, Waratah. And she's an extraordinary woman and you're going to be so blessed by her and she comes from a great heritage of women. One, one thing you didn't say this afternoon, Pam, about your nan because I think she was in her mid-90s when there were the bushfires and the freeway was blocked and she was out there with the Salvation Army feeding people, giving them water, people probably a third her age stuck on the freeway. So Pam comes from this heritage of amazingly strong women and you're going to be really blessed by this tonight. So please welcome Pam. Well, thank you, Sue. You're very encouraging and supportive. Thank you for, um, I've got my family here this evening, which is great. Thank you for coming and supporting me, my friends from North Lakes and all my friends here at the Granary. So it's great to be here. Have you had a good Mother's Day? You've either been the celebrated or the celebratee or maybe both. So I hope, have you had a good day? That's fantastic. I wonder in the day if you were aware of the radical roots of Mother's Day. That is before Hallmark and florists and and business people uh, turned it from being actually a patriotic day into a multi-million dollar business. So does anyone know the origins of Mother's Day? I had one person in the last service. So it's very interesting because I didn't know either till after I found this out. And, and there was a, a, young, a young woman called Anna Jarvis. And what she did was that she wanted to honour her mum. And so her mother had been an incredible woman and so she had died in 1905 and on May 10, 1908, she decided she was going to have a service where she would honour her mother. Her mother had been incredibly sacrificial and selfless. She had, um, in the American Civil War, she had looked after you know, people who'd been injured from both sides. She demonstrated a true love your enemy love. And even although it put her own life in danger to do that, and she would help them. She was um, a person who fought against infant mortality rates because in those days there was very poor sanitation, clean water was a problem. And so she, she went out to fight for this because she had 13 children of her own and only four lived. So incredible challenging times. This is the early 1900s. She also um, had fought for medicine for the poor. She, she was out there fighting for people and, she, and her own daughter saw what a powerful woman she was and the sacrifices she'd made, the selfless way that she had lived so that she could make a difference for others. So she decided on this day that she would, she would not celebrate but commemorate, honour her mother on this day. It was, it was really received well and so she decided that I'm, I think this would be a really good thing to do, that as a nation we should do this. So she went as high as the president. It was interesting because originally it was Mother's Apostrophe Day, not Mother Apostrophe S 
day because it was actually about not actually about a particular single mother getting honor but about mothers the role of motherhood and what motherhood is to honor that and and celebrate that and and bring it to people's attention because it's a significant role and so eventually in 1914 president woodrow wilson did declare it as a national day and uh, on the second sunday of may every year since it has been uh, celebrated However, it was very interesting that for the rest of her life, after that, because it became Mother Apostrophe S Day, it became all about gifts and spending lots of money on cards and flowers and all that sort of thing. And while that's lovely, she fought against the commercialism of the day and actually want the whole thing rescinded after she'd done that. So that's an interesting story. And, uh, but nevertheless, what I think is important out of all of it is that we, the role of motherhood is something that is really significant and important. And I think particularly in the church, it's really important we don't overlook it. It's actually the, the foundation of our family. The role of a mother is so significant to building a strong and stable family. And so therefore, if we overlook that role and don't see it as significant, important and don't place value on it or draw attention to it, then perhaps we are weakening the strength of families. And to have a strong and stable society, we need strong and stable families. So tonight, while some of you may not be mothers, um, I, I want you to use the context of what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about mothers, and I'm going to tell sto some stories about different mothers, including my own, uh, I want you to use the context of this to see the deeper message. And the deeper message is, is that prayer and the Word of God are foundational to any life that is going to be lived in the way that God wants it to be lived. And it's going to achieve the purpose that God wants it to achieve. And so therefore, I'm going to use the context of mother tonight, but I want you to understand that this is about everybody. This is about all of us. But nevertheless, it still is important. We do not, we do need to focus on the role of mothers and today helps us to do that. So we know that today, as was pointed out by Paul um, in the video, that everyone has different experiences. And, and for some people, a day like today is not easy, whether it's through loss or hurt or all of that sort of thing, maybe through childlessness or whatever. It can be a day of joy. It can be a day of pain. It's a di it can be a, an interesting sort of day. But I think that we can be thankful today to God because regardless, at the very least, the mother that we have had has given us the gift of life, earthly life, and that's a blessing at the very least. And at the very most, a mother has, and some mothers have given us um, and shown us how to receive and enjoy eternal life. What a blessing that is. That's the sort of mothers we want to see raised up. When we look at history, there are so many famous people that talk about their mothers and how their mothers have influenced them. Two famous presidents said this, Abraham Lincoln. I remember my mother's prayers and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all my life. Another president, <clears throat> perhaps a little bit more recently, Ronald Reagan, <clears throat> said, from my mother I learned the value of prayer how to have dreams and believe they could come true. You see, throughout history, there have been so many stories of people who have had 
godly mothers that have prayed for them and taught them the word of God and it's changed their life and it's impacted the world. I want to tell you a couple of those stories tonight. I was reading a book by Tim Challies called Devoted Great Men and Godly Mothers. Amazing stories. I don't have time to tell you them all tonight but honestly I just couldn't believe the power of, of, of these mothers' influence on these these men's lives. One of the ones that I was reading was about John Newton. Now you may not have heard of John Newton but you all will know something that he wrote and that is the song Amazing Grace. So John Newton was interesting. He was, he was raised by his mother Elizabeth to uh, be an incredible, um, you know, thank you very much. Sorry. I'm not used to doing two in a row. I do but one about every seven weeks but I do talk a lot at school but um, anyway so this calling that was on her life was we can be it can be found in Proverbs 22 6 and it says train up a child in the way he should go teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will and even when he is old he will not depart from it so John's mother Elizabeth took this on really seriously she was actually really ill and she died at 27. She was so sick a whole life, of the whole of John's life. But every day she was determined to teach him, to train him up to know God, to know the will of God, to know the word of God. And so that's what she did. Now, as it turns out, um, the promise of that is that when he's old, he will not depart from it. Well, when he was young, John did. And he did some very, very depraved things. But listen to this quote from the book. Though his gentle early years would soon give way to the deepest depths of depravity, he would eventually be rescued by God's amazing grace. Later he would say, my dear mother often commended me with many prayers and tears to God and I doubt not that I reap the fruits of these prayers to this hour. And so here's this man that discovered the amazing grace of God. I once was lost but now I'm found. Because of the praying mother that was there, that it, when he was young it was, it was instilled into him but then she prayed for him and eventually he was rescued and, uh, and gave testimony to that. Another amazing man is uh, Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor was a missionary to China for 51 years and during his ministry he, thousands of people were converted and uh, he built schools across China. He had such an amazing impact. To tell his story properly, it says in the book, we must begin with the deep spiritual crisis he endured in his teenage years when he found himself unexpectedly torn between God and the world, drawn to the allure of wealth. So both his mother and father were godly people and they trained him up well but at 15 years of age, his father insisted that he went out to work and he went to work in the bank. And in the bank there, he was, they, they were very ungodly and he was attracted by the world and he got right away from what he'd been taught. It was in this moment of excruciating crisis that Hudson Taylor came to learn the power of a praying mother. And as a result of her prayers, he went on to travel to China and to, to, to evangelise that nation. Incredible story. Charles Spurgeon uh, was born also in the 19th century. He was a famous preacher and incredibly influential even still today. 
He wrote to his mother on her birthday and said this, Your birthday will now be doubly memorable. From the 3rd of May, the boy for whom you have so often prayed, the boy of hopes and fears, your firstborn, will join the visible church of the redeemed on earth and will bind himself doubly to the Lord his God by open profession. You, my mother, have been the great means in God's hand of rendering me what I hope I am. Your kind, warning Sabbath evening addresses were too deeply settled on my heart to be forgotten. You, by God's blessing, prepared the way for the preached word and prepared me to follow my Saviour not only into the water, but should he call me even into the fire. I love you as the preacher to my heart of such courage as my praying, watching mother. These women were faithful. These women sowed into their children through prayer and the word of God. So out of that, they rose up to be at, to fulfill God's purposes and to change the world. Another man was Dwight L. Moody. He was, a, a, you know, one of nine children. And when he was only four, his father died. And uh, he was left with his, his mother, Betsy, was left with nine children and, and an incredible amount of debt. And she, it was so cold, she was so cold, she had no way to provide for them that she used to, as soon as they came home, she would put them all, nine of them and her into bed because they had no way of heating and that's the only way they could keep warm. And she struggled and people tried to take her children away from her because she had nothing to, you know, to res no resources to look after them. And they tried to, to, to take them from her. They tried, they were cruel to her about debt. And it was a terrible, terrible hardship for her. But these are the words that Dwight remembers. He always remembers her saying over and over again, my trust is in you. My trust is in you. Through all of this hardship, he went on to be a world um, evangelist and thousands of people came to know Jesus when we put our trust in God, that's what can happen. Circumstances can be difficult, but we have to look above our circumstances and say and declare, my trust is in you. Susanna Wesley had 17 children. How's that? I was good with two. <laughs> and uh, she used to do this. She, would, she used to wear her apron and she'd put her apron over her head and uh, for one hour every day she prayed for all of her 17 children every day. So that's seven hours a week. Then she had 17 and she wished to take them aside one hour per week each, so that's 17 more hours, and she would teach them the word of God and the power of prayer. So 24 hours a week she was sowing into her children's lives. Isn't that remarkable? But when we think about the result of that is that John and Charles Wesley transformed the God's kingdom across the US and the UK. Incredible stories of what God did because that woman faithfully did what God called her to do. You see, this foundation of prayer and the word of God is so powerful. And the stories go on down through the generations. Even Ian, my husband, he would say that um, there's, he's here today because of two reasons, God's grace and the prayers of his mother. And so God rescued him because she faithfully prayed for 15 years till, God, till Ian found Jesus. There's so many stories throughout history. We haven't got time to tell them all tonight. And then we go to the Word of God and there's so many more in there. 
We, refer, we think about Timothy, who was in, referred to in, um, in the New Testament. He actually led the church of Ephesus. He worked with Paul. And Timothy, in, in looking at him, it talks about his, the foundation of his life. And what enabled to, him to do what he did was the fact that he had a godly mother and a godly grandmother. His godly mother was Eunice and grandmother Lois. When the Apostle Paul wrote to encourage Timothy as he's led the church, he talked about his faith heritage. This is what he said in 2 Timothy 1.5. For I'm mindful of the sincere faith within you which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and now I'm sure it is in you as well. And because of a faithful mother and faithful grandmother, Timothy became a devoted devoted disciple, not just a believer, a devoted disciple, someone who went out to learn, to understand, to follow wholeheartedly, authentically, to love Jesus and follow him. He had a good reputation because he'd learnt at home the importance of integrity. And he he was servant-hearted because he'd seen modelled to him how to serve. And so when God called him to serve, even although he had to go into difficult times, he'd seen it demonstrated so he knew how to serve. I be- you see, I believe that it's really hard to learn servant-heartedness unless you see it modelled. And so we have a responsibility to serve others and to show young people and children what serving is to help them to understand the power of servant-heartedness can change the world. And as I was reading about Timothy's godly mother and grandmother, it immediately brought to mind my own mother and grandmother. I remember mum, you know, every day, there was never a day missed for breakfast and dinner. We sat as a family at the table for our meal. And before the meal, we would always pray. And at the end of the meal, we would have devotions. We would have the Bible, we would have a study around the word and prayer together every day. She was so consistent. We weren't allowed to get away without it, having that first. And that was the foundation of my life, of faith, of building and understanding the power of the word of God and prayer and consistency. That's so important. Consistency is a key to all of this. I can remember that... Um, when I was probably around about, uh, you know, maybe in our, sort of in the middle of primary years, into early high school years, that mum used to encourage us to memorise scripture because she said if it's in your heart then you can call on it when it's needed. So, so we had this sort of, you could call it a chore if you like, that we had to learn scripture every week, so many verses. And so we did that. But um, there was a little bit of an encouragement. You could call it a bribe if you like. But uh, if we learned extra verses, we'd get five cent per verse. And so I was eager about that. And so I would be up there trying to learn all the scriptures and be able to stand up and say them. We'd have to stand up at the meal table and say them. Um, and I remember this time I'd learned all of Psalm 1. I still know Psalm 1 to this day. And, uh, but I got to verse 5 and I forgot it. And I started crying because I wasn't going to get five cents. <laughs> I was so disappointed, not about it. But I do know the power of that psalm. It's incredible. If you know my mother, her name's Noreen, and uh, she's 92 in a couple of weeks. And she is known across Newcastle as a prayer warrior. So I think she goes, 
she and dad go to a prayer meeting every day, at least one, if not more. They're just so faithful in prayer. And I can remember mum would have these diaries. She would have a diary that she would open each year and she, every day she would be there praying for people. She would write her prayer requests in the diary and then as they were answered, she would write in the answers. And these, you know, mum had year after year after year of these prayer diaries that she would keep. She demonstrated to me how to be faithful in praying. And she still does to this day, if, if people want prayer, they'll come and say, can you ask Noreen to pray for this? I even had someone after the last service come up and say, can you go and ask Noreen to pray for this? See, she's faithful and we see, we've seen in, incredible, miraculous answers to prayers. They're faithfully prayed. And it's been such an important foundation for me. Incredibly faithful in serving God. She and Dad were Salvation Army ministers and served God throughout their life. But but incredibly sacrificial. And, you know, when, when um, back then when you went to, um, you had to go to training college to be trained for the, to become a Salvation Army officer and back then it was 12 months, live in full time, but you weren't allowed to take your children with you. So I was one and my sister was three and mum and dad have to leave us for a whole year while they went to be trained. That's sacrificial, isn't it? When, you think, when I think about that as a mother, I see the incredible difficulty in doing that. But she left us with our grandmother and that's where my grandmother comes in. What an amazing person. My nana is, well, she died at 105. Incredible woman of God. And uh, she taught us stories every day about Jesus. She was a great storyteller and she would just tell us stories every day about Jesus. I can remember I would love sitting listening to her stories. And she loved children. She just wanted children to know the stories of Jesus so that it could change their life. And that's what she did. She was, she was truly incredible. And, you know, even at 90 years of age, 90, she was still serving in kids' club because she wanted children to know Jesus. She wanted children to hear the stories of Jesus. So incredible. People sometimes say to me, how do, you know, like, how do you do what you do? Well, I mean, look at the foundation I've had with my mother and my grandmother. And, you know, she was uh, so servant-hearted that she, they came up to visit us in, in 1989 and it was summer and it was the year of the earthquake. And my, Nana was 85, right? And, um, and so they were staying in town and one of the buildings got damaged by the earthquake so they were all evacuated. So they came out to our house at Cardiff and Nana was sort of, I was very hot and she was sort of shaken by the whole thing. She's lying on the lounge and sort of exhausted and I felt really terrible for her and because uh, she's 85. And um, anyway, suddenly, and like Ian was had a phone call from the Salvation Army saying, we need some people to come into town. The police officers, are, you know, run off their feet and we need to feed them. And so we've got a thing set up in the police headquarters. Well, Nana was up off the lounge, straight like that, ready, into her bag. She just happened to have a Salvation Army uniform there, put the uniform on and off she went into the police and she's there talking to all the policemen, handing out food. Like Sue said, she just wanted to serve. She was, that was her heart. She was, you know, the, the Red Shield Appeal, which the Salvation Army has to help to raise money for the ministry of the Salvation Army in the community. She was still at 95 collecting on the street, uh, honestly, incredible. And, and you can see that when people love God and they, they so 
prayer and the word of God and servant-heartedness into the children, then out of that gives those children the opportunity to rise and become what God purposed for them to be. And it keeps expanding the capacity of people. Because, and so as we do that, but if we step away from that, then what we do is we limit the opportunities for everyone who comes after us because they see less. But what we've got to show them is what God can do with more. When we give him more of ourselves, he can do so much more. Well, there's one other mother that had a big influence on me and that was Catherine Boo that Sue mentioned. She's called the Army Mother. She actually had eight children of her own and uh, she is an inspiring woman, truly inspires me. Let me read this to you. Her, ch her children knew her as mother and warrior, one who darned socks at the fireplace while at the same time preparing a sermon that she was to preach later that week. I'm talking here in the late 1800s. Her husband William cherished her as both wife and teammate in the daily war waged for the souls of men and women. See, the importance of working together. Each of us have different roles. We don't have to be less or more. We don't have to try and prove anything. We just have to fulfil what God has given us. And so as teammates, he cherished her for who she was. He let her be all that God wanted to be. He didn't put restrictions around her, but he let her fill her capacity so that she could serve God. And together they waged war for the souls of men and women. In a world where women were considered more ornament than orator, this woman warrior stood firm on the spiritual battleground. Well, I grew up in the Salvation Army. I was deeply influenced by that mindset. Catherine Booth challenged her generation and in turn mine to pursue purity of heart, to set aside complacency and compromise, to stir passion so that we disturb the present in order to improve the future and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. You see, those influences on my life helped me to become who I am today and do what God's called me to do today. And so whoever we are, mothers, friends, you know, brothers, sisters, whoever we are, we can have this influence on people. We can make a difference. We can help them to rise up and take a hold of all that God intended for them to be. You see, we can't pass on faith unless it's real. Hypocritical faith is not going to appeal to anyone. What we're going to hand on is something that is real and, re and it can only be real if it comes out of a place where we're in deep relationship with Jesus and that sort of faith is contagious. Timothy's faith could be traced back to his mother and grandmother, the grounding that he got at home and out of that people were attracted to the Lord. So if we want to hand on our faith to our children, then we have to train them in the word of God. The best thing that we can do for our kids, the best thing we can do for children is to instill in them from an early age the importance of reading, studying and memorising and obeying God's word. In 2 Timothy 3 it says, But you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are true for you know you can trust those who taught you. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood and they've given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realise what is wrong in our lives. 
It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Only the word of God can do this. Not our ideas, and you know, but the word of God. So if we're faithful in bringing the word of God, then out of that will grow the opportunity for people to realise the um, purpose that he's put within them. It's what we spend time on that's going to say, show where our priorities lie. If as a family we spend time watching TV every night and, and do that and we never open the word of God together, what message are we telling our children? What's important? What do we see as most important? We have to determine what is important and then we have to spend time on that and sow that into our children. We have to teach them how to live by the word of God. Spurgeon says, never could it be possible for any man to estimate what he owes to a godly mother. Certainly I have not the powers of speech with which to set forth my valuation of the choice blessing which the Lord bestowed on me in making me the son of one who prayed for me and prayed with me. How can I ever forget her tearful eye when she warned me to escape from the wrath to come? How can I ever forget when she bowed her knee and with her arms about my neck prayed, Oh, that my son might live before thee. So all women, all men, all young people, we all have a responsibility to show others who Jesus is, how he makes a difference, how to declare his name so that we have freedom, so that we have life, so that we can live in a way that, that is out of relationship with him. And as believing men and women, we have a great opportunity to impact people to pursue a life with Jesus. As they watch our Christian lives, they will see, is it real? They'll see the way we live our life in our homes, in society, on social media, in our churches. People will watch and out of that they will see what is truth and what is not. And tonight I've been talking a lot about mothers, but I need to say that like, like when I was talking about William and Catherine Boo, that godly women need godly men to work in partnership with them. That means, men, that you need to understand your worth based on God's purpose rather than on society's roles. See what God says about you and make that your foundation. Learn what his vision is for you. Seek that out and then fulfil that and continue to live in the truth of who you were created to be. And if you men understand your purpose and your responsibilities that God has given to you, then you will support women to be who they are supposed to be. And together in partnership, we can see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So as we go out from here tonight... Let us be determined that we're going to make sure that the foundation of our life is the word of God, the foundation of our life is prayer, that we will influence others, particularly those of us who, who are parents. Let's make sure that the ch our children know that prayer and the word of God are the most important things in our lives because that's what will be, will transform their lives. I'm going to, I'd like to pray for all the women here and I'm going to pray for everybody as well at the end. I'm going to invite you to, to pray with me because it's the power of God, it's the power of prayer that will, that will help us to do all of this. It's so important. So let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone here tonight. I thank you for the truth that you have been speaking into our spirits. And I pray, God, that we will receive it and that we will respond to it. And out of that will flow life to the full for us and for everyone who we influence. I thank you for every woman here this evening. I pray blessing over each woman and ask you that you validate her worth daily so she has no reason to doubt whether she is loved, valued and cherished. Creating her a deep sense of your protection and trust so that worry and fear do not get a foothold. In the busyness of a life, I pray that you will help these amazing women here not to second-guess themselves and give up on the desire to fulfil the purpose you have put within each of them. Help them to be courageous when they face the storms of life. They will come because you said they will come, but in you we have the answer. May their words and thoughts and actions align with your word, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead them in everything they do. Strengthen their hearts, guide their thoughts, heal their hurts and help them to embrace one another with love. I thank you for loving and choosing each one here tonight before the foundation of the world. Thank you for the good plans that you have for every person here this evening. Thank you for choosing them to serve in different capacities in your kingdom, Lord. I dedicate each and every one here to you tonight and ask you to stir in them a desire to love you above all, to know you better every day, and to help one another to continue walking in your spirit and in truth. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.